Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest author Anna Durand. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin'. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became an author, and how long you've been writing? Uh, well, I've been a published author for 17 years. <laughs> but I used to write under my real name, and then I started writing romance novels. Um, I just realized I loved reading romances, so maybe I should write some. And the other books I wrote did have romance in them, but they weren't no, romance novels specifically. But So yeah, I started writing those. Uh, the first one I wrote was a paranormal romance, uh, Willpower. And it just kind of blossomed from there, and I kept writing more and more, and uh, yeah, having more and more new books every year. <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. And, uh, then a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to seriously get into it and treat it like a business and, you know, really write a lot and write every day. And so that's when I really started becoming much more prolific. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you find yourself to be a plotter or a planster? Uh, I'm kind of a little of both, but mm -hmm. I don't make outlines or anything. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I've been a writer for a long time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I've done that and I've kind of been there, done, not going to do, do it again. Uh, it just doesn't work for me, but in my head, I will have the story worked out before I even start writing the first chapter. I know what it's all going to be. It's in my head, and I've got scenes in my head that kind of play out like movies, and uh, that's how I plan my books. Yeah, a lot of authors say that it's almost like a movie when they're thinking about it, that they kind of see it. That and that the characters talk to them. Do you find that the characters talk to you as well? Oh, yeah. And, and these days, since I started doing audiobooks, I tend to hear narrators' voices reading it <laughs> in my head. Oh, gee darn, you're hearing Shane in your head. Oh, so harsh. Yes, that's oh, awful. the struggle. Ugh. <laughs> Same thing that's with Somebody's got to do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lots of narrators' voices in my head, too. Yeah. Well, it just tends to happen as soon as I learn who the narrators are and I need to read a blurb or something, I'm already hearing it in their head, in their voices. So it's a, it happens to a lot of people. So you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, good. I'm not the crazy person in the room. <laughs> absolutely not. You've come to the right club. <laughs> <laughs> we're not crazy. We're just very passionate about what we like. You mentioned that you started writing in a completely different genre and got into romance. What was it about romance that made you like really focus on it and say, this is what I'm going to write going forward? Well, I had been reading romance novels. Uh, of course, when I, when I was a teenager, I loved science fiction. <laughs> Eventually, I realized that I was gravitating more and more toward books that had a romance in them, even if it wasn't the focus of the book. And then I started reading actual romance novels and uh, yeah I just realized that's what I, I liked about it was the romantic relationship was the focus it was all about the emotions and how they get to know each other and decide whether they really want to be a couple or not and, and then you get some uh, tension in there from you know maybe other people interfering or you know a 
murderer coming after them or who knows what. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, that's what I like about it. It's, it's so varied. I mean, romance novels can be suspense. They can be comedy. They can be science fiction, you know, it can be anything. I, but I really like the emotional part of it. And do you, uh, do your books tend to have a, a, a solid, like with ATA, so happily ever after, or to have they ever had a happily ever after, like for now, I think is what they call it. Like happy for now. Happy for now. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, I go for the, the happily ever after ending, you know, even if I'm going to have the same characters in the next book, like for instance, in my paranormal romance series, Undercover Elementals, the first three books have the same hero and heroine. Towards the end of each book, there's a happy ending. And it's not like a teaser that next book they're gonna get back <laughs> together or something. Uh, it's, that's, they're happy, really happy at the end of each book. Yeah. So that's the way I do it. Um, okay. Because you don't want the reader to grab the book and throw up against the wall thinking that they're, you know, not going to get back <laughs> together again. Especially since nowadays we have devices instead of paperbacks. That's going to be a little expensive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to throw that against the wall. No. Yeah, exactly. So where do you get your ideas for your, your stories, for your books? Um, I like to uh, read and watch documentaries and stuff. I'm into science and history and that kind of stuff. And even in my contemporary romances, there's a lot of, there's still some of that in there. Um, Cause that's what I really like. And, and <laughs> actually for the, uh, the Au Naturel trilogy, which is about a nudist resort, that idea came out of my real life when I was a teenager. My family lived uh, a few miles down the road from an actual nudist camp. <laughs> of course you didn't actually see the naked people that had a, wooden fence all around it that was solid and you couldn't see it <laughs> but that's what it was yeah and last year I was talking to my mom about that we were reminiscing about when we lived there in Texas and that nudist resort and suddenly I had this great idea <laughs> for a romantic comedy about that why not <laughs> sometimes it's things like that that spur a story you know and other times it's my interest in in science and uh, history especially ancient history and mythology that plays into the Undercover Elemental series, which is, has a lot of uh, characters who are ancient immortal beings who are gods or they're sylphs or they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I make use of, of all my interests and even experiences from my life to come up with stories. The Hot Scott and the Hot Brit series, how did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Hot Scots came about... Um, because I wanted, my family name is Scottish and my dad was always very proud of our Scottish heritage and I have some on my mom's side too. So we were into the Scottish stuff, you know, that was fun. And so I decided, when I started writing romance, I thought, well, maybe I'll write a historical Scottish romance. You know, that would be fun. I like to listen to those and read those. I thought I would do that, but you have to do a lot of research for that, you know? So while I was doing research for that, I suddenly thought, well, this is so fun. I like this Scottish stuff, but I want to write something right now with that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll make it a contemporary romance about Scots and Americans falling in love and the culture clash aspect and all that. So that's how Dangerous in a Kilt came about, which was the first book in the series. Um, and yeah, I did research in Gaelic and finding phrases they could use and all that. That's how that happened. Um, and then the Hot Brits I just came up with this year. 
I just thought, well, I'd like to have a series that I can put on Amazon and Kindle Unlimited because lots of people love that. You know, they use that to get a lot of their reading material. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have something in there, but I wanted to make it a new series for that. And then I thought, well, I got Hot Scots. Uh, why not Hot Brits? Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great it's idea. a really complicated process to come up with that one. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we always love an accent, so <laughs> exactly. You're giving us two different ones right now, so thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I live to serve. You know. Thanks. So the Hot Scots series right now currently has um, eight books, with one pending that's going to be coming out later on in the year. Um, do you know when you're starting a series that it's going to be? eight books it's going to be 15 or just it just depends on you just keep going as long as there's a story there to tell yeah well the own natural series that's a trilogy i planned from the start for that to be a trilogy um the other series i just keep going as long as i have ideas for it <laughs> and i keep having lots and lots of ideas for the hot scott series so i don't think i'll be ending that one anytime soon <laughs> Hey, darn. I gave uh, the McTaggart lots of cousins. So. <laughs> like plenty of characters to use. <laughs> True. And yeah. I'm probably going to give the hot Brits some cousins, too, so you can uh, look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely something um, that when it comes down to having theories that were there, we fall in love with the characters and they have a family and we end up falling in love with the family. And then of course it becomes, Ooh, do, are they going to get their own story? You know? So that's I know always... people ask me, yeah, people ask me that all the time. Oh, is so-and-so going to get their own story? I said, well, yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it all planned out. Which cousin gets, gets this book, you know, I don't have it planned out to the 50th book in the series or anything, but. As I'm writing each one, I figure out which cousin will be in the next book, and then that's how I write it. Yeah, as it comes, right? Yeah, and I like the family aspect of it. That's something I enjoy writing, that dynamic of the families. Um, so that's why I included that in there, and it turned out readers really like that. They love that it's about a family. So I did that with the Hot Brit series, too. The first three books are about brothers, which is just like in the Hot Scott series, where the first three books were about brothers. So yeah, I'll probably give them cousins too. Yeah. Well, I know that's gonna, definitely going to be making um, a lot of your readers and listeners happy, um, especially a uh, Miss Susie Vanderhall. What did she say? She says, hey, babe, can you ask Anna if Alex has a brother to stay in the Kilt family, but on the Brit side? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also, and I'm sure she knows because we follow each other on Twitter and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exchange tweets sometimes you know i've already said i'm, I'm working on a crossover book you know three <laughs> parent contemporary romance series and this is serious it started out as a joke but i'm actually going to do it now it's the hot scots hot brits and and they're at the nudist resort <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there will be a scott and a brit in that one. Oh, nice <laughs> but i'm going i'm the first three books in the Hot Bird series are about the Dixon brothers. So I'm going to give them some cousins and friends and everything. We're, of course, all sexy and gorgeous, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That's part of it, right? Of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> otherwise, what's, what's the fun in it, you know? <laughs> you also, yeah. also want to ask the parents, like, what's in the water that y'all are drinking? 
to produce <laughs> this, you know, when it's like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> They're lucky people yeah. in Scotland and in, in England, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely on my list to travel over there. <laughs> I don't know if in real life they all look like that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, I, I like the scenery, yeah. You know, I like the history and the culture too. So yeah. you know, there's there's yeah. other perks, you know. Yep. And it becomes a fun science experiment too, you know, like how many do look like that versus not, you know, the hypothesis, <laughs> all that fun stuff. I can still make it official. It's not even funny. Um, <laughs> is um is there a subgenre of romance that you have that you like to write but haven't gotten into yet? I uh, yeah, the historical romance uh, i still have that idea for the scottish historical romance which i haven't actually written yet but yeah now i'm thinking maybe that'll be an ancestor of the mctaggart <laughs> yeah he's in that book but, uh, that might be kind of fun <laughs> yeah exactly and then also knowing where they end up you know and going kind of going backwards to see if you only knew about the boys um <laughs> what they're getting up to these days Dang, yeah and i'm sure that's when the grand the great grandfather goes last that's nothing compared to what i've done <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh the stories i can tell you um, <laughs> so when usually when you know many many years ago when it came down to writing people automatically thought hardcover paperback uh, and now we're thinking ebooks and things like that. What made you decide to put your releases, rather your titles, in audio? Uh, well, you know, I pay attention to the trends in the publishing industry, and you know, and audio books have been growing by leaps and bounds. You know, it's becoming one of the most popular formats for books. So I thought, well, I should start getting my books in audio then. You know. It's what people want now, you know, people who still want the ebooks, they can still buy them, but I can also have the audio books. So why not do it? Why not make it in every format so that people can buy whichever version they like? And it's a, audio books are more, you know, a performance rather than you're reading it in your head. So it makes it a different experience. So I have fans who had not listened to audio books much before, but when I started having audio books, then they became fans of it because they heard those and it was so much fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, did it because it was the next natural step in the evolution of my writing career. Do you listen to audiobooks on your own for yourself? Oh yes, I love audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to them practically every day, every evening before I go to bed. I listen to an audiobook to relax. Somehow, even if it's an exciting book, it still relaxes me, you know? So I just, I love listening to them. So that was also another reason to get my books done in audio because I just like that format. It's it's fun to listen to the narrators performing it instead of just reading it. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have a set of narrators that are like your go-to narrators that doesn't matter what they're narrating that you tend to kind of follow into? Um, yeah, I listen to a lot of historical romances when I'm listening just for my entertainment. Uh, and Rosalind Landor is one of my favorites there. She is, she is just wonderful reading those historical romances. So I've been listening to one by Mary Balog, which is a really nice romance. Um, so yeah, I like her and 
you know, there's lots of narrators. Of course, I like Shane East, not just because he does my books, but because <laughs> I've listened to other books he does. <laughs> I like listening to him. He's okay. He's okay. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there were some narrators that I had not been familiar with before, before they did books for me. Um, those were mainly the ones that uh, Shane found for me to do books with him like Emma Wilder and uh, Vanessa Edwin. I had not been familiar with them before, but they're just fantastic and wonderful jobs. And so now I'm listening to other books that they had narrated because now I know about them. Yeah, now they're both, um, Emma and uh, Vanessa are fantastic and they have such a range, especially when the books are in, in dual POV, where the one character is, is doing both the male and the female. That to be able to do both is really important. Otherwise, you can turn the listener off. Vanessa and Emma are fantastic with the male voices, and, and yeah, they both they both are. Yeah, yeah, and they're in their own when they do the different characters of of the ladies and stuff. It's like again, their range is just phenomenal. I discovered Vanessa through Shane too. Smart boy there. <laughs> <laughs> he knows all the best narrators. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's um, how that community works. That's one of the love, one of the many reasons, obviously, that I do love that community. But they have this way of working together and discovering each other, and able to say, "Well, I can't because either schedule or I can't do a Scottish accent, but we do know someone else, and here you go." So they have that uh, sensibility of you know sharing is caring, literally. So that's always a fun thing, right? Yeah, and yeah, Emma Wilder did Lethal in a Kilt for me with Shane, and. She did such a great job with doing the Scottish hero's voice in her chapters, uh, especially uh, there's this chapter toward the end where she's, most of the dialogue is from the man, but it's Emma narrating it from the heroine's viewpoint. And I just loved the way she read that dialogue where she's being the Scottish hero in this chapter. It was very impressive. I was very impressed with how she handled that and did such a fantastic job with it. So when it comes down to the casting, you know, when it, in your first time that you ever did your first audiobook, how was that process? How do you go about selecting who do you think should be this, you know, this character? Well, the very first audiobooks I did were like almost six years ago now, <laughs> and they were short stories. And I did royalty share, which is where you split the royalties with the narrator. Um, and yeah, so I just picked whoever would do that, <laughs> you know. But then I didn't do that for a few years. And when I went back to want to do more audio books, by then I could afford to pay them up front, you know, pay them a, a flat fee for it. And um, then you have access to more and better narrators who have more experience and, you know, when you can pay for it that way. So then I, I was really doing it the really hard way, which I didn't realize at the time, but now I realize, my gosh, I did it the absolute hardest way possible, I think, which is going on the ACX website, which for readers who don't know is the audiobook creation exchange where you can self-publish your audiobooks through there and get them on Audible, right? So I would go on there and search and search and search in their listings of narrators to find somebody. And it was very time consuming and I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. But yeah, I did find some really good narrators that way who were not well known, who hadn't done a whole lot of stuff. They were very good at good and they did uh, great jobs with some of my early romance novels that were made into audiobooks. Um but yeah, that was how I did that back then. Uh but I did then I moved on, you know, and gradually 
moved up to wanting to uh, not have to do all that myself. So that's why I wound up hiring Shane East to produce and co-narrate my audiobooks, which is so much easier for me. <laughs> Although probably not for him since I make him find me Scottish women narrators. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's much easier. Yeah, if this is what I need. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's basically what I tell him. Here's what this book needs. Go get that for me. Yeah. <laughs> and Find he always it. does it. So. Yeah. No, he is very well uh, networked. And again, it's, it goes back to that whole of having the conversation with others and saying, hey, do you happen to know anybody? But uh, it is a lot of work, um, the producing side of things. So I'm glad that you were able to find someone to do them for you. And that's, that way you have more time to, you know, write the stories. Because that's what yes. we want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't have more audiobooks unless I write the stories. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 But do you provide input um, as far as, you know, either when you're yourself casting or rather when you have someone else producing it? Like, for example, The Natural Passion, which is a book one in the Natural Trilogy you had Jason Clark and Ava Lucas cast for this one particular book. Right. So how did you come about, like, how did that process look to say, hey, I want a Jason and an Ava. Do you tell, did you select them and then have the producer, in this case, maybe Shane or yourself, kind of just reach out to them? Or are they coming, like, the well, yeah, system? That one, that one actually, yeah, that one actually went through Brickshop Audio, which is a production company. Um, yeah, and they... They give me, you know, several auditions for the male part and several for the female part. And, you know, as soon as I heard Jason Clark, I said, yes, he's the one. I want him on this one. <laughs> and then when I heard Ava's audition, it was so great. I said, yes, she's the, she's Eve Holt. She's that character. I want her to. Yes. That was easy, too, that cause, because I didn't have to go search for anybody. You know, yeah. I used a production company to do that. Yeah, they took care of everything. I just sat back and waited for the audio to come in so I could <laughs> listen to it. Yeah. Do you listen to the audiobooks once they've been completed? Um, or is it just like for the final proof? Uh, I, yeah. First time I listen to it is to check for anything that needs to be fixed. Um, but then later after it's released, uh, I'm on Audible. I have a membership. So I will download copies of my own audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> so I can listen to them and just to enjoy them the second time because <laughs> the first time I was following along in the script while I'm listening to it you know which I still enjoy the performance while I'm doing that but it's kind of distracted you know so then I like to just listen to it to enjoy it later on uh, even though I wrote the words and you know we'll know what it says it's still <laughs> fun to listen to them performing it and making it uh, sound even better yeah do you find yourself writing the books now to be more audiobook versus traditional ebook, there's a little bit of change in that type of book, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, it is a little different. I do think about that some when I'm writing the book, but I have to write the book the way it needs to be. <laughs> so I try and make it as narrator friendly as I can, but I still have to do what the story needs to do. So I don't know. <laughs> so that's how I wind up with a Scottish heroine and, and have to say, go find me a Scottish Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it that way anyway, even though I knew it would be kind of difficult to get that mm -hmm. done. But uh, yeah, and then we did find someone. So that was, that was good. <laughs> yeah, it's always good when you do find somebody. I think it's, if it fits the, the type of the voice and the performance and, of course, the accents. We are definitely a sucker for accents. Is there um, one that you like? to hear like do you have a favorite accent that you're going oh yes yum kind of thing 
he says I'm assuming Scott and British, but <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> I like those. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I I would guess those are my favorites because I write about them, and you know, I don't know. I like pretty much any accent. It depends on the voice of the person who's speaking in that accent. You know, they make it sound sexy and smooth and all that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little better than someone with a nasal voice who speaks with a Scottish accent. That is true. Yes, yes. That is true. It can make it difficult to get into the, the right, you know, mindset and, you know, frame to kind of think about where this is going. Um, <laughs> so when it comes down to the audiobooks that you now have, and I know that you're saying that the scripts, you know, you kind of write the story, but do you also kind of start having in mind, maybe as you're writing of like when the character says something that you go, Ooh, this would be awesome in a Jason Clark or a Shane or Emma, you know, kind of, you know, narration tone or character. Yeah. In these series where I've already had at least one audiobook done, like the, the Oh Natural series. And so I know what the narrators sound like when they're reading my words. <laughs> I do hear that in my head as I'm writing it. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to write it this way because I think when Jason Clark reads it, that'll be really sexy and fun. <laughs> or Ava, Clark, Ava Lucas is going to read this part, so I'm going to write it this way for her voice. <laughs> I do find myself thinking that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all have our favorites sometimes when they say a, a specific word. Um, I know that uh, I think for Jason, for Joe, and maybe even Shane, when they say like, they, they kind of growl the whole like, fuck, or something like that. Do you have a favorite word that they, that you kind of like, you know, I'm going to put this one a little extra in there just for me to hear it more. Um, <laughs> do you find yourself doing that as well? Yeah, I do hear, uh, hear their voices saying the word fuck. Yes. When I write it, they say it differently, <laughs> better than I can say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do that. I think, well, maybe I'll insert that in there too in that sentence <laughs> so that he can say that. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well you are listening to them too so it's not like it's just for us now you have to you know you got to have some of that self-care listen for yourself so that's always works exactly <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite curse word mm, uh, well i like the uh, the gaelic curse bottom donish <laughs> what does that mean Which means the devil's penis oh <laughs> I found, yeah, I found that one in a book and I thought that, that's so fun. I got to start <laughs> using that one in all my Scots books. <laughs> so yeah, I started using that in book three and I've used it, I think in every book since because I just think that's so funny. And how's it, how did that go again? Bottom Donish. Bottom Donish. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah. So you would say like you're such a bottom Donish kind of like that or? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like saying damn or shit. Oh, or got it. Okay. Yeah, it's just a curse. Got it. <laughs> when it comes down to the different like the the dialects and you know whether we have them you know because even in the states we have our own sayings you know bless her heart means right. you know <laughs> um it's not something sweet <laughs> in the south <laughs> um so it's always exciting for me to kind of learn some of these little new phrases because then i'll actually end up picking it up like thanks to shane i've done bloody hell and you wanker and uh, <laughs> stuff like that so and then other ones that i've picked up on other books so always, again, fun to pick up these new ones that you can possibly even use them in public and not people realize that it's a curse word, you know? Well, if you're using Gaelic, yeah, you can uh, curse <laughs> all you want. Nobody will, nobody will know what the heck you're saying. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, Gaelic is not, it's difficult. It's not easy whatsoever. You must have done a lot of research when it came down to that, that you know, that language to in, include it in your book. You know, when I decided I wanted to have some Gaelic phrases in there, uh, yeah, that was, was the first book, Dangerous and a Kill. There isn't as much of it in that book because I did, kept doing more research and more research and finding new things to do. And with the most recent book, Lethal and a Kilt, I even learned some Gaelic grammar so I could get the proper plural form of a Gaelic word. <laughs> and it's only used twice in the whole book, but I did all this research to make sure it would be correct. So yeah, it, uh, it does require research, but it, I think it's fun. I love language. I love to learn languages. The only one I'm fluent in is English, but I know some French, a little German, you know. Now I know some Gaelic and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think that's fun. So I like including it in my books. Once the book is done and it's out there for the masses to collect and read and, and, and listen to, you know, the reviews start to happen. Do you read your own reviews for your books? Um, I try not to. <laughs> it's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like being tempted by the snake in the Garden of Eden, you know, <laughs> you can't resist it sometimes. <laughs> but I, if a fan emails me and says, oh, I love the book, I wrote this review, then I'll go read it, you know, so I can tell them, you know, thank you so much, glad you like the book. Um, and once in a while, I just like can't stop myself and I go look. <laughs> but uh, I really try not to because, you know, I appreciate everybody's opinions, even the people who don't like it, you know, that's their prerogatives. So yeah. But yeah, it can be very disheartening to read some reviews. Yeah, so I really, I really try to avoid reading them and have sort of Zen attitude about it, you know, like, yes, you can write all those reviews and I will just go on with what I'm doing and not pay attention to that because you can drive yourself crazy as an author <laughs> if you read every review and take it to heart and say, well, I got to change everything I did because this person didn't like it. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's thousands of others who loved it. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And reviews are, you know, they're opinions and we all have, right. you know, different ways of, you know, we all have different opinions, but also different ways of expressing it. Do you, have you ever found that you've been provided with some constructive criticism or some fe constructive feedback on a book that made you go, huh? Maybe for next time I'll, I'll I'll keep that in mind or anything like that because I know that that's yeah, also being intense. Yeah, that has that does happen. Yeah, I send out you know advanced copies to some people, and so you know they'll give me their feedback. Sometimes you know they have some constructive criticism. I'm not necessarily going to change the book that's about to be published, but mm -hmm. you know in the future maybe I'll do that. You know maybe not. And actually, <laughs> I had never thought of my hot scots books as romantic comedy until i read that in a review someone wrote of wicked in a kilt which was the second book they called it romantic comedy so i thought huh maybe that is what these books are <laughs> you know at least in in part there's a lot of humor in them so mm -hmm. yeah so now i i list them as romantic comedy to contemporary romance and romantic comedy because yeah a reader pointed that out to me i had just hadn't thought of that before sometimes you just all focus on the story and you forget because there's so many different genres out there within romance that at this point I'm going, please, let's not invent anymore. Um, it's difficult to keep up with, but you know, people do keep inventing more though. Yeah. It's kind of hard to keep up with all the new subgenres that keep coming up. And sometimes I see the name of a new subgenre and I'm like, what the heck is that? I, I 
don't know what it means. Yeah, I know when the when, when new adult came into play more, that was being more like seriously used. I'm like, what new adult? They're freaking adults. They're like 23. Come on. And what are we gonna start having? <laughs> new adults, middle adults, and vint or rather vintage and antique adults. You know, <laughs> depending on the age. I know. I know that kind of that confused me at first too. New adults. Yeah. Okay, you're you're 29, but you're still new at it. I don't <laughs> You would think you'd be an experienced adult by then. At this point, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those I'm going, no, new adults usually between the ages of 20 and 24. And I'm going, I was an adult when I was 18. What are you talking about? Yeah, I've read different different age definitions of new adult. Most times they say 18 to 30. So I have labeled some of my books new adult too, because heck, they're in that age group, so why not? Why not, yeah. <laughs> Is, is there a, as long as no one busts out with like vintage and antique adult, I think I'm okay. I think that would be like uh, <laughs> Egyptian mummies or yeah. <laughs> antique adults. Yeah, because the vintage is like what, 10, 15 years ago? So I'm going, okay, so if they're in their 30s, they might be vintage. And if they're in the little, you know, they're later on, they can be antique. At this point, I'm like, I said, no. Do you find yourself um, that you have a favorite trope to, to write as well as listen to? I can't, I, I don't know if it's an official trope, but I like the culture clash aspect of the mm -hmm. hot Scots books. And so I've done that with the hot Brits too, maybe a little culture clash thing. Like what are the differences and do they understand each other? <laughs> That's where a lot of the humor comes in, you know, is what did that guy say? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And I've done some of the friends to lovers stories. I did one fired up which was a standalone romance um and now the, the crossover book that i mentioned earlier is gonna be a, have a friends to lovers aspect to it too mm -hmm. uh, i like that one also i always find it interesting though that it's one of those you've been friends for so long and you have either the, uh, the like version number one is when one of them has always been in love with the other for the longest time and they just kind of kept it quiet and i'm okay with that because right. they've done that um <laughs> 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 but the, the other one is when they're friends and they're like, oh, you, can you do me a favor and teach me about <laughs> certain subjects? And the guy's like, sure, because you're my friend. But then she takes off her glasses and all of a sudden she becomes this lovely darling that he just did not realize how gorgeous she was before. And I'm like, fucker, you have been friends for 15 years, you know? Did you, you not think you would have seen her without her glasses before Exactly, then. <laughs> right? <laughs> or made up somehow. <laughs> But it's just funny how that kind of <laughs> happens. And I'm like, oh, I take my glasses off all the time. <laughs> yes. I think everybody does. Wears yeah, glasses. exactly. It's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes. Exactly. None of my friends were falling all over me like that. Jeez, please. Do you find yourself kind of falling into one of those two categories when you do write friends to, you know, friends to lovers? Or do you kind of just kind of let the flow? Uh, yeah. When I wrote Fired Up, that was where the hero Adam had been in love with his best friend Mel for years um, but he was a womanizer and she was with some other guy and then she dumps that creep but then she decides she wants to be celibate for who knows how long yeah so a lot of the humor comes from that him trying to seduce her while she wants to be celibate but and she doesn't want to admit yet that she likes him that way because <laughs> there's that one friend when you're on a diet of any sort that's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bread. <laughs> yeah, there's one scene early in the book where she has her own business. So they're in 
and he's a fireman so you know that makes it sexier too everybody likes firefighters yep. right? mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're in her office having a talk and he's trying he's telling her that he wants to have sex with her and she's saying no no i'm not doing that anymore <laughs> but it's a i can't remember all the words offhand you know but yeah <laughs> they have this, this cute banter conversation about how he's trying to seduce her and she's not having any of that <laughs> He's like, please, no, you can get your hot fire, fire body out of here. There's no way that I can be enticed by that as she keeps looking. Um, <laughs> In fact, while she's drooling, she's saying no. Well, it seems like you actually really do enjoy the books that you write, um, which is always a perk and a plus. Yeah, I have, I have tons of fun. Yeah, I have tons of fun writing these books. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I write them so fast, because I'm just having such a good time writing this stuff. And, characters say all these crazy things <laughs> they don't complain i can make them say whatever crazy things i want <laughs> that is true and then the narrators have to deal with that crazy stuff <laughs> i was just thinking the same thing i'm like but you're a narrator <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah shane east and vanessa edwin are doing the second hot brits for me pretty soon and and they're gonna and get to say lots of really wacky things in that book because <laughs> i have lots of fun making the characters do really wacky things yeah <laughs> see i've become friends with many of them and if i were to do ever write a book and have one of them narrated i would and as i'm writing i'd be like oh that's right so and so is writing this book and i would probably do a, a a dialogue with a bunch of bees knowing that i'm just gonna be fucking with them <laughs> just to have them they'll end up texting me saying what the hell did but it, it, you know it's just that's that's kind of like just how I am you know I have those moments of complete evilness but it's always funny because I, I see them also too they'll post those videos when they've been recording for you guys and they're they're just kind of like falling there's always that one word that they can't get past for some reason I'll be like oh yeah that'd be kind of fun I'll just probably make up a script just for shits and giggles and say here here it is and then they're going through and they're going oh are you fucking with me like yes yes I am have fun <laughs> Well, I make them read Gaelic a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, so yeah I got nothing that. on you. <laughs> I have nothing and on sometimes you. I use, you know, sometimes I use strange words that hardly anybody else uses. <laughs> so, especially in Irresistible in a Kilt, I'm writing about two archaeologists. So they're talking about archaeology stuff, you know. I don't know how the narrator's going to feel about that. Um, <laughs> they get to deal with that later. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Shane's going to be like, oh, this is what you and, and Viv, this is what you and Anna have been talking about, huh? You guys are having way too much fun with this. Go away. <laughs> I have fun writing all this stuff, and then they have to deal with how to read it. Yeah, and, and they, it. but they do such a phenomenal job. So yes, at the end of the day, do. we yeah, we get a fantastic product. Speaking of fun, I like to play a little bit of game at the end, towards the end of the episode, um, which is just the would you rather. It's a little fun game that I like to find out what the, you know, the guest is thinking about when I give them these questions. So if you have a big okay. game, we can do that. Would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Uh, early. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be early, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't like being late. <laughs> Would you rather know the history of every object you touch or be able to talk to animals? 
Well, I do talk to animals, so <laughs> <laughs> they don't necessarily talk back. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's what they mean. That you guys, they, they actually, you can actually have a conversation with them, or just know the 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 history of every object. So, oh, I think I'd rather hear what animals are thinking. <laughs> I think that would be more entertaining. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again, or never have to do dishes again? Wow. Clean the bathroom never again. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind washing dishes. <laughs> no. That's that's a consensus. It's been that there's been maybe one in the in the year that I've been doing these kind of questions that that comes up. It's always a, the bathroom that they don't want to do again. Would you rather be invisible or be fast? Hmm. Uh, probably invisible. <laughs> Things you've learned. That's for sure. Would you rather lose your sense of touch or your sense of smell? Uh, probably touch. <laughs> I like the way things smell. <laughs> Would you rather always be hot or always be cold? Oh, I think cold. <laughs> it's easier <laughs> to deal with. You can put a coat on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm from Florida. I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I would much rather layer I'm on. Not, I've, I've lived in Texas, you know, where oh, it's yeah. degrees in the summer. Oh, jeez. Oh, Got to run in, in the house to the air conditioning. <laughs> Would you rather tell everyone your guilty pleasures or never partake in any of your guilty pleasures ever again? I think I would just tell people. <laughs> Last one. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Oh, that's kind of tough. <laughs> You've been <laughs> flying through these. <laughs> uh personal chef i guess okay. <laughs> well that's kind of a toss-up there <laughs> yeah i know that's one of those that's why i always leave that one for last so before we go why don't you share with us what's coming up next for you well i have natural impulse which is the second book in the oh natural trilogy um and i'm already working on getting the narrators for that um, and after that i have a paranormal romance coming out in August, uh, Obsidian Hunger, which is the fourth book in the Undercover Elemental series. Um, I haven't done anything about the audio version of that yet. I also have the third Hot Brits book, which is One Hot Crush, and haven't arranged the audio for that yet either, but I will. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and Thank then, of you. course, in, sep <laughs> in September, I have Irresistible in a Kilt coming out, and I do have that all arranged with Shane East and Elle Newlands, who is the Scottish narrator. Um, so that will be, hopefully we'll have that out at the same time as the ebook and paperback version. That's what we're trying to do. So fingers yeah. crossed it will work out that way. Yeah. There's so many different factors I keep, you know, I share when I can that there's just, if it's either ACX or if it's a matter of getting the, the narrator schedule down, I would just much rather wait. And I think the majority of us are under that same consensus of just waiting until you get everything done and versus rushing it or saying, no, nah, I'm not going to do it at all. So, right. And this yeah. year, ACX has been having big delays. Uh, so then, you know, Natural Passion was done in February, but it didn't come out until April on, AC on Audible. It was on other places first because I also use another distributor, but it didn't get on Audible until April. Oh, yeah. But then One Hot Chance got 
out there in less than two weeks so you never can tell no you can't and that's why i always say hey you know check out some of the other vendors sometimes the libraries if the author submitted to like uh, the libraries for like hoopla a digital or um, OneDrive, it can be available that way and right, uh, yeah. rather overdrive uh, overdrive yeah yeah and so that's always always i've always sometimes found them out there in the library versus before they get to audible and i'm like i'm okay with that i'll buy it later but i need to listen yeah. to it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah all my audiobooks are available to libraries too and the ebooks also mm -hmm. that's uh, awesome i love libraries through several different library services uh, mm -hmm. there's biblioteca too which i actually saw a lot of copies through that one which yeah. i had never heard of until i started distributing my audiobooks but yeah yeah Libraries can be a, a big, good market for that. Oh, yeah. yeah mine are available everywhere, so you can go check that out at your library. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love them because I grew up in, you know, going to the libraries and discovering the world and all that fun stuff that, you know, libraries can bring to us. And now as an adult, I get to indulge more into audiobooks and discover sometimes new authors and narrators because when it's that combo, I'm always going, oh, I don't like that. Um, versus like when I have one or the other that I know is uh, right. making the decision tends to be uh, easier. So I'll always go to the library and say, hey, what else have they done? And then I either sample that, or if it's that book that I want that's available, I'll just grab it through the library. And right. uh, yeah. yeah, I used to work at libraries, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it from that side too, trying to help patrons find audiobooks and stuff through those services, yeah. A little different when you're on the author side. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so here's a quick question and a, and a bit of a funny, um, because there is this meme that goes around when it comes down to librarians and even bookstore owners um, or the people that work in a bookstore. Has anybody ever come to you and said, you know, I'm looking for this book. It had a red cover. <laughs> hmm, I don't think anybody asked me that one. Okay. <laughs> but, but I had I had my own question. I never actually asked anyone, but. <laughs> For years, I've been, had this question in my head. Like, there was this book when I was a kid, and it was it was a picture book, and it was about this little guy in a little tiny canoe, little toy, <laughs> floating down a stream. What was that book? Anybody know the title of that book? <laughs> Thank you, Anna, for being my guest for this year's audiobook loving series. Really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, well, it was a lot of fun. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 